Imagine having the life of your dreams. Not temporary cash and glory, but happiness and inner peace. Explore new ways to be a creator and take your own journey into greatness. Is it possible? What does it take to make that happen? It takes the person known for extreme results. He's called the cage breaker and the ultimate catalyst. Coming back from the brink of death and now crushing it for himself and his clients, this is your Ultimate Life Podcast with Kellen Flukiger. Hello and welcome to today's episode of Your Ultimate Life, the podcast dedicated to helping you create a life of purpose, prosperity, and joy by by discovering and serving with your life experience and your gifts. I have a special guest today, Brooks Elms. Brooks, welcome to the show. Hello. It is great to be here. So rather than have me uh, do an introduction, uh, which I could do, and I'd say all kinds of interesting and cool stuff about you, I'd like to give you a minute to completely brag about yourself, the things that you have done, but really focused on what you said before we started, which is serving people, because I know about your heart and what that's about. So tell us who you are. I am a man that started telling stories with my friends in high school. Uh, these were stories that we made into movies. The first one was a karate movie. My friend said, hey, we're making this karate movie. Do you want to be a part of it? I was like, oh, man, that sounds great. <laughs> and it was the spirit was very generous and playful and fun. Best idea won. And we just came together and created this um, kind of silly comedy. And it was powerful for me to be creative in myself and in that group. And then when we shared that film with a, with a friend and the energy rippled through him and he laughed so hard, he fell out of his chair. <laughs> I was like, Oh wow. That is a tremendous. Um, I mean, at the time I was just like, Oh, that's cool. But like the way I see it now is it's a tremendous transfer of energy. I studied formerly at NYU film school. I wrote, directed and produced a few independent feature films, but then focused on mostly developing my craft at the next level, writing screenplays, selling them in Hollywood, taught the craft a bit, and then realized that I could tap into the simultaneous background that I had as a, as a life coach. I mean, I was involved in these men's groups for my own personal growth, fascination, and just doing it for free, giving and getting support for many years, 20 years probably. And then after feeling a bit limited in teaching the craft academically, I realized, ooh, I could be a life coach for screenwriters. And that really changed everything angels were singing. So that love that I had for telling these stories right in the beginning, which I always feel when I still write my own stuff, I could now also help other people move forward in their journey to realize the vision of their story and then get it to their audience and any sort of friction reduction I can do for other people so that they can connect to their people first realize it and then connect to their people more powerfully is so I feel chills even talking about it I love it so much in me and I love it in helping other people tell me what a life coach is like we hear this 
all the time, and I hear this too, but, you know, it used to be, what? Now, uh, you know, you hear, well, everybody's a life coach. What does that mean? And you hear everything in between that, right? So what is a life coach? I understand you do that for a particular group, but tell me what a life coach is. Yeah, I love the profession of life coaching because it's so wide open. And if you are good at coaching people at X, you will get more business. And if you're learning to get good at coaching people at X, there's a process. And you, you either decide, yeah, I don't really feel like helping people about this. You'll do something else or you will get good at it. And you get paid to whatever extent you're willing to receive. And when you charge more, it beautifully backs yourself into a corner to get more results for the other person. So it's this beautiful business that's just built on real results for real people. So within that umbrella, there are life coaches for every facet of life, lots of business coaches, People that do con consulting on some more specific projects, they're not, they're not, they're, I would say that's not a narrow type of life coaching. There's people that work on relationships. Really, any problems that humans have can get benefited by a really good coach because it's just like, in computer terms, it's like getting more RAM for your computer. You just have two brains working on your problem <laughs> instead of your own. And we, and part of being human is we have blind spots and we don't know what we don't know. And when somebody is invested in us and our journey and can go, are you, I see you heading in this direction. Are you intending to do that? Or were you trying to go over there? And you go, oh, I didn't even realize I had gone off my track. And then you can get back. Well, what is your track? Well, here's what I think it is. Well, is that the best way you can articulate it? Or is there a better way? So literally every facet of your existence if you have a really good life coach, can get better. And it's just efficient because it's completely customized to you in the moment. I love that customized thing because there's a lot of people that have these systems. And there's nothing wrong with systems. But if you don't customize it and pay attention to the writer or the person in business or whatever that they're trying to do, then, you, you know, you're trying to put a square peg in a round hole. So I love what you, how you described it. I think of it as the people encouragement business. <laughs> and it's one of the words that I have for it. And I have a bunch of names. Blind spot protection service and anxiety annihilation business and obstacle obliteration business and, you know, all kinds of stuff. Anyway, so you talked about your journey getting there and you mentioned men's groups for your own uh, personal development Talk a little bit about what what got you there. My point in asking these questions is lots of people who are trying to create the life they dream about, and I define it as a life of purpose, prosperity, and joy, they think they have to go find something. And you're not going to find it without looking or you're not going to create it without effort. And you choosing to join whatever it is you joined is is an effort. It's like going to school or it's like, you know, doing something where you think there's going to be some benefit and some of them work and some of them don't. What kind of groups did you join and what drove you to do that? I love that question. There's adversity that we all face for just being human. And then there's our core 
profound psychic adversity. Not psychic like you know sensitivities, but but just psyche, like the core challenge that we faced often in childhood that just knocked us on our ass in some way or another. And we thought about it a skillion times. And by virtue of us thinking about our piece of adversity a skillion times, we become an expert on that thing, especially if we slowly learn from the mistakes of dealing with the adversity and overcome them. And that process of being stuck and in pain and slowly learning how to transform is what we do in narrative storytelling. So to make it personal for me, I grew up in a house, in a home where my parents loved me, but they had some struggles with each other. My dad wasn't around to the extent that I wanted. And I had, I created this really painful loneliness and abandonment experience. And then when my that was in general. And then my father first worked a lot. And then my family split up and I didn't live with my father. And at age 17, my father died. So that there is degrees of what I created as abandonment. And it was difficult for me to deal with that in a way that was really balanced and reasonable. And so I had met this really amazing therapist in my early 20s. And the reason I agreed to, to see him at all is because I was dating uh, uh, this, this woman, young woman in college. And she was like, I think he can help. And we were having struggles in our relationship. And I was like, if, if I'm feeling pain and if this guy can help me with my pain, awesome. So I did. I had a great experience about being listened to and being held. And he was amazing being held emotionally, just you know, holding space. And then from there, I got into more some traditional psychology and learning about it and the personal growth stuff. Just to, there's sort of like, wow, I've got this big problem. I got to deal with that, which is more therapeutic. And then there's, I'm pretty good and I want to get better. That's kind of more coaching, more personal growth. But both, they're, they're really similar, they're just kind of degrees. And I was just fascinated with all of it. But even with that therapy experience and personal growth, got to be in my early 30s and I still hadn't really deeply grieved the loss of my father. I died when I was 17 and I was still hurting from it when I was 32, 33, someplace around there. And I heard about this, this group called the My Kind Project and this woman I was dating at the time went to the sister organization called Women Within and she said, it's really cool. There's just a whole group of women and they just support you on your stuff. And I was telling them what I did and everybody was crying. I was like, oh, that's amazing. And it reminded me in some ways of that group uh, storytelling experience that I had. And I had sort of individual therapy, but I didn't have like group kind of therapy, therapy-ish sort of experience. I was like, that sounds great. I signed up for the next one in San Diego, October of 04. And it absolutely changed my life. I just had never been sort of seen and heard and supported and part of something. I just, I, I got through that weekend and I was like, holy, I just was so connected to the universe. That was like, it was mind blowing. And what that program is like, it's almost like a, they take us, you go through this like psychological haunted house in a sense, so that it brings up <laughs> your shadows so that you can work on the shadows. And for me, it was being pissed off at the world because I was still hurting and sad and angry that my dad died. And so when I 
went through a grieving process on that weekend with all the support from these people changed my effing life. And I found so much value from it. I still stay part of that organization. And it's basically, I mean, you know, the weekend, I don't know, I don't know what, 600, 700 bucks now. Um, but it's, free, you know, the, the groups, ongoing groups are free. It's, it's, it's a low cost thing, but it just, it, and it also helped my screenwriting because I was always interested in writing really good characters, but I could just understand the nuances of human behavior better when I was exploring my own journey and helping other people with their journeys intimate ways. So I guess to summarize, we all have adversity and the way that we deal with our adversity is what we call in storytelling terms, the elixir and the insights about how we deal with our adversity is getting the elixir. And then when we turn around and share the elixir with our favorite people, that's the hero's journey completed. And that's why we're on the effing planet and everybody has their own way. And if part of your way is telling a story at scale, um, those are the types of people that I'm, my own calling is in part helping them on their journey as I do the same for myself. So I love the fact that you called it an elixir. I have a document that's several pages long that I wrote for myself in my own journey and healing process called a PTAC, Personal Truth and Commitment. And in one section of that, I talk about creating the elixir that does the transmutation of the pain of loneliness and, you know, that sort of thing. Uh, and the fury of injustice and the ravages of adversity into the pure gold of love, forgiveness, and service. You know, that's the language that I use in there. And so now you've talked a lot about storytelling. I want you to tell me, uh, or our listeners, how, how has, like, you, got, you went to school. You've, write, you've written films, you've directed things, and you said that really quickly at the beginning. Written, directed, and produced some films. And, you know, for a lot of people, that's like, what? And so, yeah, you'd started in high school and, and then you've done some real commercial grade stuff in Hollywood, high level coolness, et cetera, that is, that is like the real deal. What does your, <clears throat> the process of character development and storytelling, talk about that in the context of a writer's personal growth and their, and their process of creating and, and developing characters in in their script talk a little bit about that excellent okay i think there's two really great questions in there um so firstly just sort of definition for people that are new to the film business mm -hmm. writing is coming up with the story generally putting on a paper producing is gathering any sort of elements that are needed to make this thing and directing is playing with the toys. Where should the camera go? How does everybody work together? <laughs> Oftentimes in independent filmmaking, you're kind of doing everything yourself. So it's just called kind of filmmaking and you, that's partly why I just <laughs> roll them off. But bigger scale projects have very different roles. In terms of the personal part of it, if you're telling a story, whether it's a novel or a play or whatever, of any sort of value, it comes back to what we were talking about before, some sort of insight you have to your own life or the way things work out there, and you're sharing those insights, you're sharing those life lessons. So to me, that personal, and it doesn't have to be the type of personal growth that I did. There's some people who are very good at um, storytelling at scale, who are just fascinated by 
movies. They're like crazy off the charts film literate, like, you know, Martin Scorsese or Quentin Tarantino. Those guys are just like encyclopedias of, they watch five movies a day or something like still. <laughs> you know? um, and what they're really doing to my mind is they are getting in touch with their own soul as reflected in those movies. They're seeing spirit in those movies and understanding themselves better Then they take that and they turn and they just they pour it into their own screenplays. Uh, the resource, core resource I like to use is my own personal growth. So anybody watching this that's into personal growth and wants to tell any story at scale, my invitation to you is to, it's two things. It's one, study the, the, the whatever the, your favorite stories from that format is. Look at why you love them and be really clear analytically about what draws you to them thematically, um, the hero's journey in it, some of the settings, the core elements, and then create your story that's kind of belongs in that family, but is an expression, a metaphor for your own life challenges. So that you don't have to do personal drama, but if the emotion of your film isn't from your personal life, I mean, it, it's, it's not going to really make much of an impact on, on people. It'll make more of an impact when, you, when it feels emotionally as like vulnerable to reading your journal or overhearing a, you know, an intimate conversation with somebody. It just expressed metaphorically in whatever genre you prefer. Thriller, horror, you know, comedy, any of those things, they're metaphors for what's actually going on in you. And so your insight about what's going on in you starts, if you don't have that, there's going to be some significant limitations in terms of how much you can impact other people with your stories. Does that, that make sense? It makes complete sense. It makes me want to ask you, why does our willingness and to some extent our ability to be vulnerable have an exponential impact on the connectedness of the story to those who watch? Mm -hmm. <clears throat> oh, that's a great question. I think what I'm hearing you say is those fear, the fear and the doubts and the insecurities or the resistance or the friction of life itself, when they are the stuff of stories, the metaphor of stories, that's, that's what's in service to the audience. So let me say it again. So the firefighter goes into his or her world and they're struggling with some money or they're this or they're that or whatever. And the way they're making sense of their life to life struggles has a pattern. And if they go and watch a comedy, an adventure movie, an action movie or a drama or whatever, and if it speaks to the pattern that they're facing in terms of they are the hero and a goal they want and the conflict often about fear and doubts and insecurities. And if the movie expresses their real life metaphorically, they love that after movie. And so what we do as storytellers is kind of reverse engineer it based on our own experience. You know, my, I have insights around facing this sort of conflict and then it's expressed through this hero in this world in this way. And if I really beautifully express it in the page, when you see that movie, if it's you're in the audience, you're going to feel like I've told your story. <laughs> you know, so instead of like, if it's a memoir, it's so specific to my idiosyncratic situation. But if I express that same emotion, set of emotions and ideas 
in a more universal language like narrative storytelling, now narrative screenwriting, then other people will cry and be moved. And I will, because I will have taken them through a personal growth experience vicariously through the, the hero in my story. Do you think that a person is a better screenwriter, storyteller in the way that you're describing it because I have done the work to get connected to, to either have resolved or be in the process of resolving or working on my own challenges and struggles. Am I better at it because I've done that work? Yes. Why? <laughs> um, it doesn't quite matter how you do the work. Like I gave you an example before that there's some, some of the best storytellers of all time may or may not be doing personal work, but are clearly doing amazing, creating amazing movies. And they seem to be getting in there through their devouring of other movies and shows. That's kind of their way in. But I, but 100% of the reason they're making an impact is they have these insights about life that they're expressing in these movies that is moving the audience on their own hero's journey. And that's the game. So they can't make those movies unless they have some sort of insight. How they get to their insight, there's other ways, there's several ways to do it. If you're listening to this and you want to tell stories at scale, you get to figure out your own way to get that insight. But if the truth is you're still kind of confused about your, your core life lessons or your favorite movies or what you're confused about what your life purpose is, it's going to be difficult for you to uh, articulate that and realize that in a story. Um, on the other hand, you know, you could have real clarity on that. Still, there's still a craft actually realizing it into a screenplay. But the, the more important thing is I've got some life problem and I've learned a lot about how to deal with it the wrong way and the right way. And that wrong way, the right way, the vice to the virtue is the hero's journey transformation process that can be realized in a screenplay or a novel or a play. I want you to talk about, you've mentioned several times storytelling at scale and people are going to make up whatever they make up when they hear you say that. But I want you to talk specifically about two things. What is storytelling at scale? And two, if a person listening to this feels like, gee, maybe I have something, how do they begin to think about telling? I mean, you're an experienced pro and you help people do this. So telling their own story and in what venue and then moving from, gee, I think I'm beginning to tell it to the idea of scale. Cool. I like how you ask these like double questions. All right. Here's part A. Answer part A. Storytelling at scale. So the way I invite you to think about storytelling at scale is very similar to how you tell a story to one person. If you're meeting a friend for coffee at a cafe or something, and I want to tell you a, a story about this thing I did as a kid, there might be a beginning and a middle and an end. And I'm just trying to convey it so that I enjoy the experience of telling it and you enjoy the experience of kind of living vicariously through me in that story. All we're doing when I say storytelling at scale is taking that same energy of expression that I would do to a friend and I'm putting it in on paper or a screenplay and then, you know, 
photographing images for it or, or whatever. There's, it's just conveying it. And then, in addition to being able to tell it to that same exact friend because they can just read the word or see the movie, it's recorded so then it can also be shown to a billion people. So that's what I mean by storytelling at scale. And I want you all, when you hear this, to not think it's bigger or less than that experience everybody knows of just telling a story to a friend. That's the first part. The second part is, well, how do you begin? Well, you've already begun. The good news is, if you're like, oh, that sounds interesting. I'm curious. Well, you've, you've been telling stories your whole life. Uh, and in fact, if you're really interested in potentially doing this professionally, you've probably told a lot of amateur stories. You might have, you might even be a professional in a different format, like a journalist or a copywriter or whoever or whatever. Just my invitation to you is just explore it. Lean into the unfamiliar of this new format. Or if you've already written a couple screenplays, but there's been a fairly low ceiling in terms of the impact, lean into the unfamiliarity of going deeper with it. Find your way to move forward so that it makes an even bigger impact. And you know that you're making a big enough impact when people are flipping the F out and throwing money at you for the story that you created. And if they're not quite doing that, um, okay, just, just be like, okay, I'm on the journey. I'm learning how to do that. But that's the you see what's out there. I mean, we see other movies that are getting made and all those things that happen. And um, and when you can hit that bar, that's the bar. And if you're not there, okay, that's cool. You're on the process of getting there if you're really intrinsically loving the process. So to summarize, to begin, you've already begun. And if you want to continue writing stories, just write them down, share them with a few people, and if they get really excited, share them with more. If they're not quite excited and you're interested in finding out why, develop craft. You know, there's tons of stuff online or reach out to me or whatever your favorite way to learn is, do that. And, and always come back to the intrinsic joy of the experience. That's always the best compensation you're going to get, even if you get paid a skilly dollars. I love skillion. I have never heard anyone use that number. Bazillion, <laughs> zillion, Google, Googleplex, well, but skillion I love. Where did that come from? Uh, I don't know, but but I'll tell you, you know you know how you uh, keep your, your skillion dollars? You keep it in your skillet. It's a dad joke for you. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. So I want you to do, I want you to do another thing. I want you to tell people how to find out more. I don't know. You know, where do you post content? Where can people follow you uh, just to find out more, to hear your life story? Like, I don't know if you share your daily walk or other kinds of things on one of the socials or not, but what do you do? How can people learn a little bit more and see how you share stories? The best way for people to learn more about me, if anything I've said has been interesting, is to Google Brooks Elms, B-R-O-O-K-S-E-L-M-S, or search me on YouTube, Brooks Elms. There's lots of videos and interviews that I've done. And uh, specifically, I'm most active in terms of new content on Twitter, uh, or formerly known as Twitter, now soon to be known as X. And that's just at Brooks Elms. And if, if you see that and you still like what you're hearing and you're like, well, this guy's really interesting, you can, there's ways to reach out to me. You know, Brooks at Brooks gets to me. And, and then we have a conversation. And if I can help you 
um, in one way or the other, whether just point you in the right direction, I'll do that. Or if it's one of the programs that I offer, we could talk about that. But I'm here to serve. And um, if my intention here is that I've given you some sort of energy that moves you forward, even if it's like, yeah, I don't like that guy. Great. I'm glad I've served you that way because that's what you don't want. Go find what you do want. Uh, so any way I can serve, I'm here for it. Um, and I'm sending you lots of love on that journey. So I have another question. You've mentioned several times service, and yeah. I, I'm about service and love, and I believe that we're all here to love and serve, and that's when we're happiest. Why is it so important to Brooks in his heart to intentionally be of service? Because some people can say that in camouflage, you know, trying to sell or other stuff like that, and you're not doing that. But what has happened in your world that your heart says we're really here to love and serve each other? I love the question. I've been aware of flow state my whole life. I've been an athlete and at times in flow or just in relationships, I've had flow. And there was a period of my life where I kind of said F off to the world and, and got away onto my own. And I, in theory, could do exactly what I wanted. And I did. I did exactly what I wanted, what I wanted, and pretty much just focused on me. And the amount of times and depth I was able to get into flow state went way down. When I moved through that dark period of, of my life and I came back and rebuilt friendships and re got back involved with the, the film business and became more in service to other people, in addition to myself, win-win experiences, my levels of flow state and depth of it went way up. So being in service feels effing better for me and for them. I love that. Thank you for asking that. Is there, is, as we conclude here, is there a final thought that you would give people? Because you and I both know there's people that think I don't have anything worthwhile. Whatever I have is not that big a deal. I haven't bungee jumped or climbed Mount Everest, so who cares about my story? What would you say? Well, every one of us is uh, a unique human being that has a perspective on life that's different than the other. I think we're at 24 billion or something humans that have walked the planet since the beginning of humanity, as far as we know of it. And every single one of us is a different experience of life. Even people born on the same day, same generation, same whatever. So if you're interested in what makes you similar and different to other people, storytelling is a wonderful way of getting clarity on that. Because what makes us similar will bring us together with a great story. And what's different about us or our favorite stuff is what separates us and makes us distinct. So your favorite filmmakers or people that have told your stories that you like the best, you can see that in them. You love them for what's similar, but you also admire an aspect of their individuality that's different. And so we all are the same but different. And your opinion is no more or less significant than mine, yours, Spielberg, Scorsese's, any of them. It's just that your opinion is what you got to work with. And if you're fascinated with realizing that into a story, then and it's and it's 
enjoyable for you, just do it. And know that you are doubling down, tripling down, quadrupling down on your view because that's all you got. And it really isn't any more or less important than anybody else's, but it's where the buck stops for this one project. So do it and realize it and know that your fears of, oh, I'm not good enough, I'm not important, whatever, I promise you Spielberg, uh, Scorsese, everybody, me, everybody feels those things. The difference is the professionals notice it, ignore it, and then do it anyway. Brooks, so, I want to thank you. I'm sorry. Finish up. Well, I just, the last thing I was going to say is if you find yourself slowing yourself down or creating that friction or or saying things like, oh, I'm not good enough, whatever, then just know that it's 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 something that you're creating in yourself that you did to keep you safe early on in life. And now you're actually safer adjusting that belief and moving forward into the unfamiliar and exploring this, if that's what your heart really wants to do. I love the fact that you added that and we got that nugget in there. Brooks, thank you for being in here and sharing your heart with us today. I really appreciate that. You're welcome, Kellen. I really appreciate the invitation. It's, uh, it's a calling for me, so I love it. Everybody who's watching this, I want you to go back and listen to this a couple times. Brooke is, Brooks is way up in his craft and is a professional in doing this storytelling and storytelling at scale. And whether you do it small or whether you do it big, the yearning in, you, in your heart that you have to share and to love and to serve is the foundation of your humanness and the biggest value you can add to the world and your most effective tool in creating your ultimate life. Open your heart in this time around. Thank you for listening to today's episode. We hope that you take it deeply into your heart and decide for yourself how you can create anything you desire. If you like what you heard, please subscribe to this podcast and share it with your friends. As always, we'd love to hear your feedback and topic suggestions. Until tomorrow, this is Your Ultimate Life with host Kellen Flukiger. Stand with your heart.